0: This week's episode of Aussie is brought to you by Start New Company. Register your company immediately today with ASIC. GST registration is also available directly from the portal. Also set up your family trust and self-managed superannuation fund and more. All at startnewcompany.com.au. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash startnewco and keep an eye out for our regular specials. Start your new company now within 10 minutes of lodgement. All legal company documentation provided after registration. startnewcompany.com.au Also brought to you by ATHWebhosting.com.au. All our servers are operating on SSD drives, immediate activation, SSL certificates, Aussie support, domain registration, and more. Easy install WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, and 300 other one click installations. Generous space and bandwidth, auto backups, WordPress help and maintenance plans are also available on contact. If your web page is important for your business or your life, contact us today. Aussie support, secure services, ATHWebhosting.com.au. And now for the show. Welcome to episode 711 of the Aussie Tech Heads, recorded on the 4th of February 2021. I'm your host, Jason Oakley, and this is my co host, Apud Nahasapim Welcome to the 711. Please just, come again.
1: Just because you can doesn't mean you should.
0: <laughs> hey, at least I can say it.
1: That's, this is true. Do you uh, know
0: what's very handy and I think a lot of people would use? That Counter at the start that says show starts in two minutes, and you know, okay, you can just jump ahead.
1: To I know where the meat is. I don't know about anyone else, but I know I use it. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly how long I've got before the show starts. It's great. <laughs> Have a drink, go to the loo. Yeah, exactly. I know I've got two minutes. As long as I'm back before it gets to five, it's all good. How's stuff feel, way? Uh, hot and wet hot and wet. Mm-hmm. Still sitting on 30 degrees in here again, because that's the IRL. Yeah, i got the AC going, trying to get a bit of coolish air in here. It's been kind of a fair bit of rain the last few days, so... Yeah, I think we're going to get a bunch of it soon. But other than that, it's all, all plodding along, and same old, same old, really. I'll
0: see if I can give
1: you a very quick summary of a
0: terrible Sunday. I so I went to a friend's place to hook up a new computer that I got him, not new... I'll want of mine, but it's newish for him because his mum's got a 20-year-old crappy PC. Plugged it in, everything's going fine. Okay, well, you want to get better Wi-Fi, try my router. So I plug in my router, that works, everything's going great. Then we all like, they, um, they got a voice over IP phone that's got a little box called uh, OB 100 Obviously, Star Wars fans made that. And so uh, plug it into the router, phone didn't work. Okay, so we try every combination for the next half an hour, trying to get the phone to work. And I'm like, okay, I'll come back to that. Let's just get everything else. We'll put we'll put the old modem back in and see if that fixes it. Maybe they've got some configuration in the modem just for SIP. Some things have got SIP channels and stuff. Plug it back in, not working. I had to call up tech support. They're like, what modem have you got? We said Netgear, D- oh, no, a D-Link. They said, oh, we haven't sold those in five years, bye um so that was really handy and it wasn't actually one of theirs anyway because the person who owned it had brought an adsl modem from the office to plug into the nbn and basically the one of the local computer companies set it up as a kind of switch because if you plug the uh, nbn into the fourth port it works like a switch Mm. and then um so uh yes the, the phone still wouldn't be coming up, so I gave up on that, and but still couldn't get the internet to work. Five more hours I was there. The house is like 40, 45 degrees inside. They put the air conditioner on but forgot to switch it to cool, so I'm sweating buckets. My hanky is just completely wet with sweat. I'm drinking water. I had some Panadol because I had a migraine from the heat and everything. And then in the end, they're like, well, what if – we were like, well, it's it's not working here at all. No internet. They checked it at the ISP and they said, we can see that you've had a lot of dropouts and stuff. So I'm going well, I don't know what's happened. It's been working for years here. So we were like, okay, well, what if we move the um, modem into the lounge room, which is where they wanted it anyway, because I suggested to do that since they couldn't get Wi-Fi up the front of the house because they had this crappy modem, which is why I brought mine, which I wanted to do anyway didn't think it was going to be this much trouble but it was five five and a half hours and i put the modem in the lounge plugged in the home phone tried to phone it still wouldn't work so i was like okay look i'm going to have to go i was going to be going to the shops but i don't have time for that now and i got a massive headache so i'm going to go walk out the door turn around came back in went oh i forgot to put the wi-fi card back in the computer i gave you so it won't have internet so i plugged that in pinged a few places got the web browser up and went home So what we surmise from that is that the Ethernet cable they've had there for years had a dodgy connection.
1: Chose that moment to fail.
0: The the wires were probably just bent in the way that they were touching. But if you pulled it out and moved it a tiny bit, the wires disconnected. So they're not using that. They're not also needing now to use the very long cable that was RJ12 that was going from the lounge room around into the computer room where it was plugged into this OB-100 thing. And um, everything's working much better than it was. Their old computer's not on there because uh, it needs to be plugged in because it doesn't have Wi-Fi or anything. So I said, if you want that, you can either get another very long cable, one that's not broken, and, or get a Wi-Fi card installed, but I'm not going to be doing that because <laughs> I, I didn't say that to them. But, um, yeah, and then uh, I was talking to them next day, and they're like, oh, yeah, the um, VoIP... Sip phone came back up and just started working so it must have been like what you said needs about an hour sometimes just to reconnect yeah which is ridiculous i mean you have a power outage you can't use your phone for an hour when it comes back
1: no i've had two or three of the old style voip phones where they use a separate box not the newer ones that just use internet connection but the ones that ran through the dedicated boxes and some of them were horrible some of them would take a good couple hours to i don't know if i had to get their new IP or if they had to link their phone number to the IP address I don't know how they work but some of them were absolutely at- atrocious yeah maybe
0: it held held on to IP for too long through DHCP and had to wait for it to expire and then get a new one I think it's
1: terrible so used, to, used to it was back in the day where you used to pay per meg obviously so you'd turn your modem off when you weren't using it but then when you wanted to make a phone call you'd turn it on and you'd have to wait now before you can make a phone call Oh, God. So we just left it on after It just wasn't worth it Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but...
0: Better than when Back in the day when somebody lifts up the phone To make a phone call <laughs> and, and, and your modem dropped out <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's used to that What's
0: this? <laughs> Noise going on I want a phone, Marin. Oh, you can't, alright Yep So, yep The only thing that I've I, seem to be buying technology every week i don't know what's going on is some another eight gig rim for my minecraft server
1: oh you found that it, gig
0: which it should which it should like because it's only running on eight gig at the moment it's running two minecraft servers a vanilla and a modded one and the modded one needs minimum six gig hmm. and the other one should have like minimum three four would be nice but put 16 in there and then my daughter wants to run a modded of some sort on there as well, so we'll have plenty to spare. Yeah, but it won't take any more than 16, that's the maximum, according to the motherboard manual. So,
1: I mean, I remember when I had my first four six motherboard, I had eight 30 pin 256k DINs <laughs> and four 1 meg 72 pin yeah. sticks, so I had enough six, six meg of RAM <laughs> in my first 486.
0: Nobody will need more than that, surely.
1: <laughs> I used to run Windows 95 on that, quite happily. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, I couldn't run Windows and play games. Like, I used to run DOS to play games. But even, like, you know, Duke 3D and Rise of the Triad and Quake, that'll run on that. Descent. <laughs> Descent, yeah. Descent was
0: awesome. Heretic. We used to have a long Heretic. serial cable up the hallway and play Descent against each other. It was fantastic.
1: We used to do that with uh, Rise of the Triad.
0: Yeah, that too. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Jims, yeah. <It's> dead. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, but that's you know now we're talking. Like my system's got, I think I've got sixty four gig of RAM. Like, that's bigger than <laughs> a. Do, hard, do with it all. That's bigger than a hard drive I had ten years ago. Like, <laughs> oh, it's just that was just like he goes, look, I can put thirty two in it, in the the because I want a high speed because of the data transfer for recording and stuff. He goes, I can put 32 in there for an extra $4. I can put 64 in it. And I went...
0: What's four bucks when you do that? You know, why
1: not? Wow. And I can put... I've got another two slots. I've got two slots. I can put another 264. <laughs> I can have 128 gig of RAM. Theoretically load everything nice. in the swap drive and never need to use the hard drive. <laughs> nice. I just load everything in the RAM disk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. So, yeah. So
0: it's,
1: um, it's DDR just, four twenty four hundred is the fastest and. It's just ridiculous, ridiculous. how technology's changed. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. old vintage forum that you're on it too. The old vintage f- forums on Facebook, and you see people getting, excited. Oh, I got my XT today, and I'm like, Dude, I had one of those. <laughs> I think it's still. I think I've still got. I one. don't get Dad's
0: excited place. about PCs you retro know. stuff. Old 8-bit computers, like Z 200 Commodore 64, even Spectrum's okay, Omega. See those...
1: See those um, yeah, I was going to say, see those uh, Spectrum cards that got put up today? The who what? They, they, they had these really rare cartridge and add-on cards. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. There's only known to be like 10 in the world or something. Wow.
0: Yeah. They got the, the Mega 65, which emulates the Commodore 64 and Commodore 65, which only 100 actual computers were released now has a core for Spectrum and they think they might be able to put an Amiga core on it as well that you could load up. Oh, nice. Because it's all FPGA, so mm. they just, you install the software and it says, configure yourself like an Amiga. So it goes, okay, here's an Amiga, configure itself so like and Commodore 64.
1: The cool part about that was a lot of the games that loaded up or even, not even games, a lot of the word processing stuff that the same... Branding across different platforms was an entirely different user experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it was so weird how that worked. You could have, um, what was it called? I can't remember what it's called on the Amiga now. What was it Notepad? WordPad? Yeah. Something like that, but it was entirely different to the Windows version of it. Yeah. You know.
0: I was uh, interesting. I found out that on, on Linux, there's a text editor called Vi. Yep. That was first created on Amiga and then they ported it over to Linux and then it became like the default for all the hardcore people who
1: know how to do programming properly in edit text files and stuff used by. Well, a lot of the um, smaller releases of Linux now, like the ones that they release for where they want uh, low latency, like for CNC's and mills and stuff like that, a lot of those have Vi as the default editor. Yeah. 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 That's how I discovered it. So the one I'm using for my um, my K40 laser, the software yeah. I've installed for that, it, all the Linux for that, it's it had a Vi. I'd never used it before.
0: Oh, right. had <laughs> yeah. the Google. Did you watch yeah. your
1: YouTube? Because <laughs> there's,
0: there's always a running joke that nobody knows how to exit out of Vi correctly.
1: Oh, I exit. <laughs> Once that. you're
0: in there, you're trapped there forever.
1: Well, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm trying to find a program to edit. I'm like, there's got to be an editing program in here somewhere. and I'm looking, i like... It's not that one. It's not that one. Oh, Vi! What the heck's Vi? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You might have um, Nano's another one. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it does doesn't now. Have nano. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does now because Pseudo get. <laughs> 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 but it didn't. It only had Vi on it. Ah. Uh, so I oh, like Nano. I use it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So. I Can't remember what the other one I used to use before that. The oh, the uh, really uh, goo. It also had a GUI version of it. I've there never was... done
0: Emacs. I'm never going to do
1: Emacs. No Emacs. Just, just say no, kids. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Don't do Emacs <laughs> or IMAX or just Max. Yeah. Just don't do Max. Anything Apple <laughs> Max. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no. It's, um, it's been it's been a fun and interesting week. That's for sure. There's been nothing happening interesting in tech, but outside of tech, it's been an interesting week.
0: I guess we should look into some news about stupid things the Australian government want to do. Still, that we've talked well, about the last two mean, or three weeks.
1: Really, that's kind of a. You kind of said way too many words there. You could have just stopped with the stupid things the Australian government does. That yep. I mean, that's The stupid. Australian government. <laughs> yeah, stop. I mean, really, that's that's as much as you've got to say. Ah, <laughs> <So. coughs> oh, that's gonna be fun. Alrighty. Are you going to go or am I going to go? I'm going to go. Well, you're going to talk gonna gonna go? about what
0: they're trying to do with
1: Google and then I'll follow it up with the other well, thing. He's, Yeah, He's trying to Google himself again. Uh, Scott Morrison. do Google, Google. Has described this in... This is actually an updated version, so I may not tie in as well as you'd hope. But anyway, this morning they had another meeting. Scott Morrison has des- described this morning's meeting with the global CEO of Google's parent company over Australia's proposed media banning code as both constructive... Yes, you heard it right. He's described this meeting as both constructive. <laughs> 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 okay, then. So, the Prime Minister said the talks had brought the relationship between the Commonwealth and the tech giant into a much more positive space, whilst also implying that Australia would nevertheless continue to forge ahead with its plans to introduce new laws. <laughs> the proposed laws would see global tech giants such as Google forced to pay for media consent content generated in Australia which they repost. It follows a 12-month review into Google and Facebook by the competition Watchdog. There's also been far strong pushback from Google and Facebook over the proposed changes. Last month, Google threatened to switch off a search function in Australia if the media giant did. Uh, if the code becomes law, Google will have no real choice but to stop providing search to Australia, Google said. That's the worst-case scenario and the last thing we want to do, but if they don't, you know, basically if they introduce us, that's what we're going to do. Um, and... Um, Scott Morrison being the hugely tech-savvy human that he is. You said the S word. <laughs> uh, I've been able to send them the best possible signals that should get, give them great encouragement. Yep, this is okay. him. I I have been able to send them the best possible signals that should give them a great encouragement to encourage with the process. <laughs> I'll have what he's having what kind of, <laughs> the drugs or alcohol it's brain brain non-functioning yeah uh, that's the best way that's the best that oh, that is the best way to enable the matter settled you tell he worked in marketing <laughs> right I think we've been able to get that much into more positive space about the ability to continue to provide services does he like know how to speak or what yeah. what even his grammar <laughs> um she's an but, old lady that with grandpa so basically he said hey Google we're gonna charge you money Google said no we'll just leave then he went no no you don't understand I'm gonna charge you money Google's like y- you said that he said no but really I'm gonna charge you money said, but, we'll, but we'll just stop searching well you can stop searching but I'm still gonna charge you money <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> now bearing in mind that when we first did this story we'll be pushing three months ago when we first started it the government said we have no we have nothing to do with this inter- with this um, process yep. they, they specifically stated that this was between the media companies and the internet giants said it had or the internet um, distribution companies said it had nothing at all to do with the government
0: so what's changed do you think Mr. Will
1: Uh, that they Google decided that they didn't care about the Australian media and was just going to stop them and the government no that's not what we meant come and let's talk (laughs) what I meant to say is the Australian government's trying to introduce these procedures not the media companies and then Google went yeah we don't really care about you either no no you don't understand we're We're going to introduce government
0: (laughs) governments are important and very powerful don't
1: you know that's that's like the Australian government's like Ralph out of the Simpsons. <laughs> I bent my wookie. <laughs> it's like that's literally their mind, their mindset. It's like like the you know I'm a really really important person. Nothing at all happens without my consent. Sure, I had my glue, but that's not the point. <laughs> you know? I I really
0: won. All right, I'll take my ball and go home. Fine, <laughs> but I still won. <laughs> yes. And we're taking their ball.
1: It's so bad it really is. We
0: don't need search.
1: (laughs) But we do because
0: Software giant Microsoft is confident its search product Bing can fill the gap if Australia if Google in Australia if Google pulls its search over required payments to media outlets. Scott Morrison said. Australia has introduced laws that would force Internet giant Google and social media heavyweight Facebook to negotiate payments to domestic media outlets whose content links drive traffic to their platforms with which they would not exist. (laughs) However, the big tech firms have called the laws unworkable and said last month they would withdraw key services from Australia if the regulation went ahead. Those services include Google search engine, which is 94% of the country's search market, according to industry data. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella has since spoken with Morrison about the new rules the tech company told Reuters and on Monday Morrison said the software company was ready to grow the presence of its search tool Bing the distant number two player but we have a better (laughs) idea that's even going to be better than Bing the Greens are calling for the coalition government to investigate the establishment of a publicly owned and independent search engine for Australia
1: (laughs) yeah because the government's going to establish that yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's independent. <laughs> well the government the government says the government says it's independent, trust us. The gov- the
0: government owns the NBN, that's why it's so fantastic and wonderful and it's not controlled and doesn't have any snooping or any of those things on it. Google and Facebook are currently locked in a bit of stout with Morrison government over proposed media code that will see them negotiate payments. Microsoft Chief Executive Sachin Nadella promised that his search engine could replace it, but the Green spokesperson for media and communications, Senator Sarah hanson young rejected that, saying Australia can't be reliant on corporations to provide essential services such as access to information online. Currently, access to the internet is controlled by a very small number of very powerful corporations, she said. We should not seek out other foreign giants to fill the gap of Google, whether it's Microsoft or anyone else, as they will still profit off the data of Australians and be beholden to shareholder interests. Instead, the Greens say Australia needs a search engine that's owned by and accountable to the public and not shareholders and is independent of the government, like the ABC
1: is. Hmm. Exactly like the ABC. She she, she said that.
0: (laughs) We believe it too. Such a search engine could be set up with global best practice data privacy standards to ensure users own their data and are aware of what information is collected on them and how it's used. <laughs> users don't know don't shut up either data <laughs> currently and they're not aware of what information is collected currently because users think that private mode on their web browser will let them get away with anything because nobody can track them. <sighs>
1: Yes, yeah, so fine. because you know, we don't have like Web Wombat and you know, all these other Australian ones that we have. Plus, actually, we don't have
0: that go even, it's not yeah.
1: Australian, but it's not Google, so they should be happy <laughs> with that. But th- what what I find hilarious is that this media thing they're implementing isn't just Google and Facebook, it is any repository of searchable information. So, therefore, if they open their own search engine.
0: It'll have to pay money. it'll to have to
1: pay money media. to themselves for opening their own search engine
0: so that means <laughs> tax money from that like, made our search engine and is running it goes to the media companies
1: no you know who'll pay for it biden he's gonna pay for it he's yeah got a lot of money you just send him a, a letter saying the rich prince you need a heap of money and they'll pay it there you go. Well, I mean, they must, because Biden, um, using the money from the unemployment program, oversaw $600 million in losses to Nigerian fraud scheme. <laughs> Susan Levin, the departing head of Washington State's Employment Security Department, reportedly will run a federal agency office that assists states in processing unemployment claims. But her transition to the Biden administration role comes amid an unemployment fraud scandal At the state-level department, that cost Washington State over $600 million. (coughs) The fraudulent unemployment claims were believed to be linked to the well-organized Nigerian fraud ring, use identity-stolen prior data breaches, such as a massive 2007 Equifax breach. More than 122,000 fraudulent claims made in the state siphoned off the cash. The Secret Service announced that Washington State was the main prey of the scandal. The other states were also targeted. California had its own unemployment scandal amounting to over $11 billion while another $20 billion in possible losses are still being investigated. Wow, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so basically like $800 billion, no $20 billion, what's that? 600 yeah, so $650 billion-ish went to the Nigerian prince who wrote him a nice letter. No, I, if I write a nice letter, will I get
0: sixty billion
1: dollars? I? I'll just take one billion. I am not greedy. I mean, right?
0: It's like my dad with a lotto; he won't enter into it unless it's like a hundred million. If it's five million, who wants five million dollars? I mean, what can you do with that? But to the Man, good, no.
1: the good news is that Washington State, who just spent six hundred and sixty billion on, um, sorry, six hundred million on frauds, um were able to recover almost half of that during the uh, federal law enforcement and financial institutions um, collaboration. So there is that. <laughs> they got half back. <laughs> they got half of the small amount, the six hundred yeah. million. What about the eleven billion and the twenty billion still being investigated? So they Ooh. they got they they've they've, they've spent. What's that? thirty one billion and they got back um what did I say? They got back three hundred and fifty seven million after yeah. two years of how I much manpower and years, right? manpower and effort and time and money spent to get <laughs> <laughs> So yay America you you've done can't no get busters there. <laughs>
0: Telstra had has lifted a year-long pause on job reductions under its T22 transformation program, briefing teams yesterday on plans for a net reduction of up to 1,425 roles. The telco paused reductions in March last year, citing uncertainty created by the COVID-19 pandemic, and then further extended the pause until February 2021. As reported by the Australian Finance Review, the hiatus has now come to an end with plans unveiled for a new round of cuts under Telstra 2022, or T22, the transformation announced back in mid-2018. We briefed some of our teams on proposed changes that would see a net reduction of up to 1425 rolls across Australia and in our international locations as we continue to transform Telstra. While these role reductions have always been part of our existing T22 commitments, decisions like this are always difficult and we understand the impact on those involved and their families. We'll be supporting our people and the families with free 24/7 access to our employee access assistance program. If these changes go ahead, we'll also work with those impacted to help them secure another role at Telstra. Where that's not possible, they'll be supported by our career transition program and industry leading retrenchment benefits. If the planned cuts occur, it is understood that Telstra will be more than 90% through its T22 reductions. To complete the program, it's understood that a further net reduction of 800 staff will be proposed sometime later in the calendar year 2021. Where are those jobs going, Mr. T?
1: Um, well, not to me, that's for sure.
0: Here's the shore, and it's <laughs> off that way. And the
1: ones that aren't are going to uh, Subbies, pretty mm. much. So, if you thought you had issues with Telstra before, guess what? Going to get better? Mm, yes. That'll, they'll yes. F- well, they'll fix. If you thought you had problems with Telstra before, they're going to make it seem like you had no issues at all. Yeah.
0: You were having a fantastic time. You didn't know when you had it good?
1: Well. You didn't appreciate it? That reminds me. Of, last week, I went to... Um, had to go and upgrade some of my phone plans because of some of my phone Plans with Vodafone for like six or seven years now, and so I went in there and um, said to the the lady there at Vodafone, I said, "Okay, I've got five phones on the one family plan, all sharing data. This is what I've got. Can what can you do?" And she goes, "She looked through it all and she went okay you got two choices. You can either go to a flat fee and everybody pays thirty five dollars a month, and you get a data pool of eighty five gig.'" all up for everyone to use which we've got 50 now we're chewing through that (coughs) between the five phones Um, and then she went or I can keep you on your existing plans which are higher than the current plans give you your 20% off for having five phones with us per plan then give you the new equivalent pricing on those plans based on what that plan would be now but keep you on the old price and take the discounting off the old price so we ended up averaging like $30 a phone instead of $35 a phone. And I now have 650 gig of data per month. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> will be able to get through that. So the good part is I'm going to be cancelling my home internet very soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Cam's going to use YouTube kids anytime he wants anyway. Well, it
1: does anyway. But yeah, that's the thing. Like It's cool now because I can tether. Tether my phone to his tablet or whatever when we're out, and I haven't got to worry about it. You know, it's um, it's brilliant. It's it's six hundred and fifty gig. That's in the data pool. I think each phone has thirty or forty gig on top of that. Right. <laughs> so it's it's not too bad. It's pushing a terabyte of total data usage per month. It's
0: worth <laughs> asking for this stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
1: And then I went into the toaster and said, "Hey, you're going to give him a hundred bucks you stole from me." And they said no? And they said no. And they basically, uh. we cancelled our contract with them like five years ago. And every month for the last five years, they've sent me a credit note of $100. <laughs> and okay. every month for the last five years, I've had rung them up and sat on hold for half an hour to get my $100 back. And it's never happened. And I've been into the Chelsea store three times now. Yeah. And they don't help either. Uh. <laughs> so uh, Sounds
0: like a visit to a TLA.
1: Well, I've, yeah, I've got a um the, I went to the ombudsman and rang them. Like, oh, just write us a letter. It's, it's for 100 bucks, it's not worth it like, you know. But Telstra's Telstra's happy there are earning interest on that for the last 5 years. Um <laughs> no, uh that was Vodafone. Vodafone has some absolutely amazing plans at the moment. So if you get you don't obviously it's not suitable for everybody because not everybody gets Vodafone. Um out here it's actually better than Telstra signal anyway, so Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, Vodafone is definitely where to be. That was the
0: other problem. You know how I was dealing, giving that story at the start about that computer and internet. <clears throat> I was on call that weekend with work, so I couldn't connect to their Wi-Fi with my phone because that wasn't working properly with the internet. But also, they're in a the black spot <laughs> in a in a just out of town. They're in the next suburb, which is just out of town, which is still a major area. But just inside their house where I was working in that area, no Telstra signal. They had to go out onto the front veranda to make phone calls every time on the mobile. What a
1: pain. Here's, I found some of those. I, I, wrote, I, I took a photo of what she wrote down for the plans. Yep. So some of them... So Okay, so the way it worked was <clears throat> the $65 plan, which is an old plan, which is um, my old plan. I used to get 10 gig of data, I think. So that equivalent plan now gives you 200 gig of data. It was $65. They've taken $11 off it, which makes it 54 plus 20%, but the 20% comes off the $65, not the reduced price. Ah. Um, so And then the same thing, that plan come down, that plan come down. So originally we were paying... Like a hundred, hundred and sixty-five dollars and getting sixty gig. Now we're paying one hundred and thirty-six dollars. This is for five phones. Remember, we're paying one hundred and thirty-six dollars and getting two, four, uh, getting five hundred and sixty gig plus a p- package bonus of five hundred and sixty gig. So actually, getting <laughs> one point one terabyte. <laughs> nice. You get good speeds there, 4G? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. So it, it's, yeah, it's it's absolutely, these are old plans that they grandfathered in. Now that we were going to go to the new $35 and $45 plans, which is like 50 and 60 gig per plan. But this way worked out not only cheaper, but more data. <laughs> How does that make sense? <laughs> Because they're taking, the, because we're on a family plan, so you can have five devices on the family plan. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's It fun- just sounds funny. I know. Either. But because pay less, get more data. Because the initial price is actually dearer, and the percentage discount comes off the original price that you're paying, not the discounted price they give you for being with them for so long. So you get a discount off the original price plus a plan discount for being on that plan. So the forty-five dollar plan, you take twenty-five percent off that plan, which brings it down to uh, whatever that comes down to. You, know, you take what's that, ten dollars off that plan, and then you take the eleven-dollar plan bonus off that plan. So that forty-five-dollar plan becomes a twenty-five-dollar plan. Nice. And you get fifty gig for the privilege, nearly half price. Well, sorry, two hundred gig for the privilege. Doing the two hundred gig plans like a seventy-dollar plan. So. Yeah. You- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Oh, crazy. So, before we go any further, yep. Patreon What's people. This stuff? Patreon and PayPal people. People who give us money. Not only the people you see on the bottom of the screen, we've also got people who donate anonymously because they don't care about the publicity. What's that word? I'm anonymously? Man- uh, abomin- uh, abomin- <laughs> abominably? Monominum. <laughs> <Manominum. laughs> <Manominum. laughs> um, So, we are doing a... We call it Patreon only. It's a pays only show. Um, It's like pay-per-view. You pay, you view. And uh, we're doing that, hopefully, at the moment, it's going to be once a month, so we should do... We probably, hopefully, depending on what time, if I'm still alive when I get home Sunday, we'll do one this week. Otherwise, we'll be postponed till next week. Aussie Um, Tech Roundup. (laughs) Aussie Tech Roundup, yep. It's um, basically a 10 to 15 minute show focused primarily on... Australian News um, you don't have all the chatter it's basically a. as um, Nick Nick Zemecki a guy I watch on YouTube he's a he, he does his normal segments and then he re-edits his videos and he calls them the unwaffled videos <laughs> it's him without the talking it's the same video and it goes from a 35 minute video to a 7 minute video <laughs> if
0: he's not talking there's
1: not much to listen to then oh he does he does wood carving and stuff. Ah. But it's the same sort of thing. We'll cut the we'll cut them down to like 10, 15 minutes. Um, one thing I would ask is that people who have listened to it, and I know there's a few weeks I've been watching the viewer count go up on it, can you guys please drop us feedback in your favourite media, whether it's email, whether it's through the Patreon system, how you want to get in contact with us, even on the YouTube video there. Um, we're just curious to know what you guys, given that this is for the guys who are paying, Kind of want to tailor it to what you guys want. So if you guys can get in contact with us and give us feedback on what you feel, how how you would like the show structured, and how, what you think we can add in or take out or whatever you can do, it'd be really handy because we're we're targeting at you guys. So it's for you guys. So we'd love the feedback on that one. um Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that bell. Ding ding ding. Oh wait, that's a different bell. Um, <laughs> that's the fight. Womp, the, womp. the Fight Club. Don't talk about Fight Club. Um, so, I need to okay. thank, of course, we need to thank Kate and Bouncing yellow ball, uh, yellow ball, Bouncing Yellow Skull, and uh, Daniel and Amanda and uh, David Bird and Chris and Andrew G. and um, You all rock. All the others who are anonymous, anonymous. Yeah. Wasn't he an artist? Anonymous. I'm pretty sure he was an artist. in San Fran. Anonymous. Dead mouse. There you go. See, I knew I had mouse on <laughs> I the am not a Dead mouse. <laughs> I'm not a dead mouse. I'm not a dead mouse. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Shut up. So we do thank you guys. It means a great deal to us and uh, it really helps us um, you know have a reason to do the show. So thanks heaps for that guys. It it helps.
0: Do you want to do the next one or back
1: to me? No, you can because I accidentally just closed the wrong window. (laughs) Because
0: I'm clever like that. (laughs) Amazon founder Jeff Bezos will step down as chief executive of the e-commerce giant turning over the range to the company's longtime cloud computing boss Andy Jassy. Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, will transfer the role to the role of executive chair this summer, the company said on Tuesday. The looming transition marks the most radical shakeup in Amazon's corporate ranks in its nearly 30-year history. Bezos moves into a new role with a title made for him that keeps him at the company in a position where he'll focus on innovation at Amazon and hands off the top job to a trusted deputy. If you do it right, a few years after a surprising invention, the new thing has become normal. People yawn, that yawn is the greatest compliment an inventor can receive, but Bezos said. Under Bezos' stewardship, Amazon evolved from an upstart online bookseller into one of the world's most popular internet marketplaces, able to quickly deliver a vast catalogue of products and services. Bezos' creation helped set in motion a massive change in the way people around the world shop as people began buying toothpaste to car parts to groceries on their PCs and phones. Amazon also triggered a sea change in physical retail, accelerating the shuttering of shopping malls and stores. That shift has only accelerated as the coronavirus pandemic fueled a surge in online shopping as worried customers shunned stores. So there you go. No more Bezos in charge, but I don't think that'll be the last we'll hear of him.
1: And I'm pretty sure his missus isn't overly upset about the, the 50-50 split. she <laughs> yeah, <I know>, right. <laughs> Donated heaps of it too. No, it's all, of course. Do. See, people don't understand. The reason rich people donate money is because it's a tax write-off. If they don't donate the money, they have to pay tax. If they donate it, they get it all back. Right. So you either spend it and get it back, or you don't spend it and lose it. So what are you going to do? You're not. You're not giving it away out of the kindness of your heart. No. <laughs> you're giving it It Sounds away. counterintuitive, <laughs> but
0: get rid of your money means you keep it.
1: Yeah. 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 You 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 donate it all and give it away and send it to charities and invest in startups and all that sort of stuff and you get it all back. You hang on to your money, you got to pay it all out in tax. Yep. <coughs> That's, uh, yeah. Taxes are for poor people. They <laughs> do. Um, so, the other thing I would like to mention as well is um, uh, American Pie, the song. Oh, um, right. Yeah, you know, everyone, the song that was done a long, long time ago. Um, in a galaxy far away, <laughs> Naboo was under an attack. Might be a different version. <laughs> it's the Weird Al version, apparently. I know, the better one. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's been uh, 50 years since that was released. Oh, um, I feel old now. <laughs> Thanks. You feel old. The yeah. um, Don McLean's 70... He released it when he was 20, so that means he's 70 now. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, obviously it's, you know... There's been a, a bit... Obviously, for people who don't know what it's about, basically, it's about the plane crash that killed um, Big, the Bopper, Hally, and the Big Bopper and Buddy Holly and yeah. the other guy that I can't... Oh, I have a complete mental blank. The three three of them, anyway. Band members. <coughs> well, four if you include the pilot. Um, it was his fault. Well, I guess technically it probably was. <laughs>
0: He wasn't cleared for IFR <laughs> flying. It was it IVR flying? Yeah, So he flew in through a storm that he had no training on.
1: I was watching a doco on it, though. it's interesting that they the Buddy Buddy Holly f- and um, the other one flipped a coin for it. Yeah. And then um, Big Bopper and... I need to look up the other names. Was it Frankie Valley or something? <sighs> yeah. And then one of them flipped the coins and they ended up I can't remember. I should have had this. I did have this page loaded, but I closed it by mistake. But, Richie Valens. Rich, Richie Valens. That's the one. Um. But yeah, so that's basically all about that. And there's a couple of really interesting docu- docos about it. And um. If you want a, a quick, concise one, actually, watch um, Adam the Woo on YouTube. He does a uh, twenty-minute, fairly good roundup on it on how it all went down. But um, there's Pretty been a surely. few. Hey. Went down literally. Well, yeah, um, but there's been a few um, things come out about it, obviously lately, because it's it's coming up to that sort of time. Um, but I'm a fan, as most of you guys know, I'm a fan of Home Free Acapella. I quite like their their stuff, but they actually did a they've just released it. Um, they've done American Pie featuring Don McLean. They got him back in the recording studio, which apparently hasn't been one for a long time. Uh, and he'd always wanted to do this kind of offbeat version that's kind of a, 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 a different version to what we're familiar with. And he'd never really had the resources or the ability to do it and caught up with Home Free and being a vocal band, they have a lot of uh, archipelago and they have a lot of different vocal types that made this possible. And uh, it's still eight and a half minutes, so it's still as long as the original. <laughs> um, but it's mixed up a bit, it's a bit of a different feel about it and it's really, really good. But it was good to see um, Don back in the in the studio and looking really good not bad for a 70 year old he does pretty good so but yeah i just thought yeah uh, october 24th 1971 it was released (laughs) well that was the album i think actually the song was released um in may i think it was earlier but yeah i just thought that was interesting and some people might enjoy that and some people not and if you don't too bad (laughs) <laughs> can play it because we'll get a ding from yeah, I, youtube literally I'll, I'll play it and in 12 seconds i'll have a copyright strike come up because that's just the, the way it's been working shut down. so Huh? i just opened a google tab and it goes it's been six minutes six months since your last google account visit i literally was just in my google account <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was open
0: for six months <laughs> since you last opened it
1: thanks google you're on the ball good going guys thanks for that
0: Photo card holders living in and around Sydney suburb of Penrith will be the first to trial New South Wales' new digital photo card ahead of future statewide rollout. Customer service minister Victor Dominello kicked off a long-awaited trial of the digital pass on Tuesday, following successful rollout of the digital driver's license. More than 2.4 million New South Wales motorists, or 41% of drivers, have now downloaded a DDL significantly more than the government's initial estimate in its October 2019 launch. Under the digital photo card trial, thousands of cardholders who live in eligible suburbs around Penrith will be able to download a digital alternative to their physical photo card. Eligible postcodes are 2750, Penrith and Emu Plains, 2745, Glenmore Park and Malgoa, 2727, including Kingswood and Warrington, 2748 and 2773. Testers will be able to use the digital pass to enter license venues as well as hotels, major retailers, convenience stores and pharmacies in the 2750 trial area from today. With a digital photo card, as long as you have your phone, you always have your ID with you. It's hassle free and only takes minutes to download. Like the d- digital driver's license, the digital photo card will be available through the Service NSW app, which has been now downloaded more than 3 million times. Downloads of the app have been propelled in recent weeks by the government service New South Wales QR code check-in requirements at hospitality venues and other businesses. According to the government, more than 32 million COVID safe check-ins have been registered through the app as of January 15. Penrith member Stuart Ayres, who doubles as the state's jobs and investment minister, said the trial will test the functionality of a digital photo card before a statewide rollout. More than 970 individuals currently hold a photo card across the state. The digital photo card is hosted securely on the service new south wales app which is locked with a pin i encourage Penrith residents to give it a go and let us know what you think yeah like mm. have you downloaded the digital photo id or you don't have it up there
1: no nah. ah.
0: nah. <laughs> i got mine and don't think you can screenshot somebody's because when you move it it's like the hologram that you have on your driver's license it has a moving image below it so you can't oh, just take it? a photo of somebody else's one. We'll get Send me a screenshot. I want to be 18 this week.
1: And well, I'll just why you, put my photo on it. That's why you record a video of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's no way a video could be moving, right? Aussie Tech Heads does not endorse <laughs> what Will
0: said. <laughs> Except um, Will is
1: Aussie Tech Heads, so maybe. <laughs> so a couple of things interesting in, uh, I guess, technological circles that happened. On this day, because I found one and then discovered a couple of others. So I'll start with a couple of others. Uh, in 1922, Ford buys out Lincoln. So the Ford Motor Company acquires the failing luxury automaker, Lincoln Motor Company, for $8 million. Wow. Um, which Ford at that time, that was in 1922. Ford was founded in 1903. So Ford was 19 years old. Um, they were losing market share with like General Motors, Uh, because General Motors had more luxurious lines and Ford was Ford based on cheap and you know get them out the door as cheaply as possible to the consumer but there was Yeah they had
0: an assembly line from the mining and smelting stuff all the way through a produced car Yep
1: Um, So theirs was you know based on speed and efficiency to make the cheapest car possible which worked for a few years but then come the 20s people started wanting a bit of luxury and the coach building industry started to spring up again hence Ford bought Lincoln and started making you know Cadillac style cars really luxurious sort of vehicles <coughs> not Cadillacs but Cadillac style um also tech sort of tech related Disney released Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs on February 4th 1938 oh I remember um, it well so 90 what's that no 90 no 84 80, five years ago something like that anyway, a while ago um you know, and that was their first sort of look at us. We're here to stay, sort of. You know, um, major film. It uh, at the time when they made it, they had to borrow one and a half million dollars that it cost to make the movie because they didn't have enough money wow. to make the movie.
0: <laughs> now they make billions and own everybody. I mean,
1: you got to remember, it's in the middle of the Great Depression you know it was it was well, 38 yeah smack bang in the middle of, you know Great Depression It was. R- that's when places
0: like <coughs> Warner Brothers and that were trying to establish as well weren't they
1: yeah and it cost them one and a half million to make it grossed keeping in mind that this is the Great Depression it grossed eight million dollars nice <coughs> in those days money which is who knows but inflation that's probably a hundred million dollar movie now you know, like that's that's insane. Given that that's, <laughs> you know, the, that sort of profit margin on anything back then wasn't ridiculous. Not not just something at the cinemas, you know, or the the pictures, the moving pictures <laughs> <as> they were. <laughs> so, but that was yeah. And then they um, uh, they re-released Snow White in forty four for world, during World War Two, um, and then they released it on and off over the next decade. Um, then remastered it at 93 for the digital remastering oh. Yeah, so it's nominated as uh, number one animated film of all time but the main one that I found like before I you do across, that
0: highest grossing animation at domestic <clears throat> box office, inflation adjusted, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs from 1937 in today's money 1.2 billion wow, I was
1: way off I didn't realise inflation was that much Holy crap 8 million dollars back then 1.2 billion dollars That's in That's Probably higher than Anything else's gross It wouldn't be Well they, they
0: re-released it In subsequent years So all up They took 184 million
1: That's nuts That's <laughs> Oh okay That's including the re-releases Yeah That makes a bit more sense So But yeah On February 4th 2004 See how far I get through this before you figure out who it was. A Harvard sophomore launches this platform on social media website he'd built in order to connect Harvard students with one another. (laughs) Any guesses?
0: (laughs) Something to do with a book.
1: (laughs) By the next day, over a thousand people had registered and it was only the beginning, now simply known as a social media site. The site quickly ballooned into one of the most significant social media companies in history. Today, it's one of the most valuable companies in the world with over 2 billion monthly active users. So, for those who haven't figured it out yet, Facebook was launched in 2004 by a Harvard sophomore named Mark Zuckerberg. He wanted to make chicks. Yep, that's literally the reason he invented it. (laughs) 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 Um... But yeah, basically they they whatever the his actual necessity is the
0: mother of invention.
1: (laughs) But he basically um, he. As he wanted it so
0: all the girls would upload their photos and name, address, phone numbers and stuff so he could find something to hit on.
1: Well, that was the unofficial party line. He's never actually confirmed that, but he's also never actually denied that. So, because no, it makes you sound like
0: a cool stud, it? <laughs> Cool stud nerd.
1: But basically, yeah, it wasn't very... It was built for internal use and then um, really, really quickly uh, it within the first 24 hours, 1,500 of their students to sign up and he kind of got the idea that, okay, maybe this can actually work outside of just the university, you know. Winklevoss got
0: very upset with him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. was upset the (laughs) Winklevoss. Only because he was using uh, school property for the privilege. Um, I reckon
0: they came up with the idea and got him to start making it. Then he took their idea and started making it on his own and didn't make their one.
1: I mean, well, they lost their court case like five times, haven't they? Or did they win the last one, or did they just send out a lot court. Of money make... with their stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't he just give them a heap of money to make them go away? you he was sick of them? probably. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was the first sort of. Uh, also, in all, amongst all of that, kind of the the web two uh, reincarnation sort of appeared. You know, with using CSS scripts and stuff rather than using, you know. Java code and flash sites. All the other horrible <laughs> things that have now gone away, thankfully. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that was um, 2004. Uh, 2004, yeah. So, that was, you know. 17 years ago. And as much as things have changed, they've stayed exactly the same. <laughs> 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 In a lot of regards, that hasn't changed at all. So... I've
0: got one quick one. To finish up, security hmm. researchers have discovered multiple vulnerabilities in the popular Realtek 8195 a Wi-Fi module, the most severe of which allows attackers in radio range to fully compromise the card. <clears throat> the attack, described by VDU researchers, overflows a memory buffer during initial connection access negotiations and doesn't require knowledge of the network pre-shared key for authentication. Fidu found that the stack-based buffer overflow attack works regardless of the RTL8195 module being in Wi-Fi access point or client mode and allows remote code execution or denial of service attacks. Realtek has acknowledged the vulnerability, which affects the RTL8195AM, RTL8711AM, RTL 8177AF and RTL 8710AF modules used in the many Internet of Things applications. The network device company's Amoeba Arduino 208 has patches for the above vulnerability and five others found by Voodoo. Security researcher Dr. Mathy Van Hoef. Who discovered the crack key reinstallation attack in the Wi-Fi Protected Access version two protocol of twenty seventeen said the vulnerability <laughs> looks serious as it doesn't require knowledge of the Wi-Fi password. Seems like this chip is mostly used by IoT devices, so you can abuse it to gain control over IoT devices that use the chip. An attacker can also abuse it to gain access to someone's Wi-Fi network if it contains vulnerable IoT device. Vanhoef said their best practice was to treat IoT devices as insecure by default. And as we say,
1: the S in IoT is for security. <laughs> That's it, exactly. Yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> I mean, on, on the upside to that is most IoT devices are relatively harmless at this point you're going to get, like, somebody's weather station or somebody's, you know, tra- foot traffic Hopefully counter. or your security or... camera. <laughs> mm, I mean, the, those have their own vulnerabilities. They don't need more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but... we had,
0: what was it, the Myra vulnerability last year? Mm. You could hack into anybody's Wi-Fi camera if you want to look in their
1: house. Most, um, yeah, most IoT stuff at the moment is relatively... Pain, you know not relatively innocent so it's not going to be a huge deal for the most part um Hopefully but you'll be inside uh, your home network anyway a lot of them are yeah i mean but even public, like I've, I've heard stories of people finding iot devices behind vending machines and just random places and not knowing what they are but they've usually got a contact us sticker on them and you ring them up and you go oh that was just a traffic counter that counted the amount of people walking past or you know mm-hmm. like relatively innocent devices generally so I'm not saying it can't be used for nefarious but it's generally not (laughs) (laughs) so but Any more for you? um, I don't know is there um, it is Alice's Alice's wow Alice's restaurant that's it you can get anything you want at Alice's restaurant that's exactly it's Alice's restaurant's birthday today (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's Alice Cooper's birthday today Wow 1948 Vincent Born Vincent Furnier Furnier Furnier? Furnier Yeah, F-U-R-N-I-E-R Furnier, yeah Born in Detroit, Michigan so and It would... was
0: the band's name And then he decided to take it on Because it sounded cool And people like it as personified Well, or...
1: that was like Wasn't it Diesel or whatever it was? Another one of those was it Diesel? Another one of those guys did it as well. Or oh, Jovi Bon Jovi, Bon von von Bon Jovi, <laughs> whatever he was. There was also. Um, it's starting to sound Dutch now. <laughs> von Bon Jovi. <laughs> von bon Jovi. Yeah, it's the Dutch version. Uh, it's also Charles Lindbergh's birthday, 1902, American aviator. Ah. Uh, also He's born a real in real high flyer. Also born in Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> So there's place. something in the water there. I you tell don't tell you.
0: want to go to Detroit now, but back <laughs> then back it was there. probably
1: kicking. And it's also um, the only other one. I, these are just at the tail end of that other story I was reading. I scroll scrolling through. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Um, the only other one I noticed was it was Ludwig, Ludwig von. No, actually, not Beethoven. Was it Beethoven? I can't find. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it said Beethoven. Oh, no, Bark There we go. Johann Ludwig Bach. You know, there's too many Ludwigs. That's the problem. Johann! Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, Bach's birthday as well, German composer, nice. born in 1677.
0: It's funny, a radio station I worked at, there was a lady who did the classical show and her name was Joanne Strauss.
1: <laughs> you'd almost True ha- story. You'd almost have to be into classical music with that to. name, when it's kind of, <laughs> you don't have a lot of choice at that point. <laughs> nice lady, yeah. Thanks for
0: listening to the Aussie Tech Heads Show broadcast weekly. We can be found at facebook.com slash aussie tech heads, twitter.com slash aussie tech heads and youtube.com slash aussie tech heads Also now at patreon.com slash aussie tech heads Sign up for $4 a month, $10 a month or from several other tiers. See the site for details. We now have an extra episodes of Aussie Tech Heads Mm. just for Patreon, so sign up if you want to access those If you're already a subscriber, you should receive an email when we upload them. If not log on to Patreon and watch us and coffee.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. It's K-O-F-I.com. Make a one-off donation sure. of any size. You can email us at Wheel or Warlock at au. You can hear Aussie Tech Heads on com 24-7 back-to-back play of some of the best tech-related shows from around Australia and New Zealand. New shows added each Friday. We'll see you next time. Bye, Bye everybody.
1: See ya.